0: Hello and welcome back to Days at Home, your favourite and frequent podcast, because consistency's been straight out the fucking window. I'm one of your hosts, David, and we have the formidable Andy in Oslo. How's it going, Andy?
1: Hey, yeah, very good, thanks. Very good. How's uh, how's things your end? The usual.
0: Guy Fox just passed. The banging has stopped. I feel it's been three days, of just constant. <laughs> explosions which i don't even i genuinely didn't see more than like one firework in the sky i've just had too much going on and try to calm a dog
1: oh yeah that's a it's a nightmare for pets uh guy fawkes night um weird with not i don't I, obviously guy fawkes is a british thing but in my head fireworks night would just be every every country in Europe at least anyway but obviously there was nothing here so it sort of passed me by without even thinking about it is there a,
0: is there anything over there that they celebrate specifically with fireworks because like you know america have 4th of july that's a big firework day
1: um i don't i don't think so no um yeah i i guess probably new years we we'll have fireworks but yeah I, I don't think there's a single day cuz like they're big national holidays 17th of may and i don't remember seeing any fireworks that day it's too late
0: yeah surely it'd be too bright i maybe they're just more frugal and sensible
1: that's probably what it is i, I don't want something else
0: i just don't understand paying all that money to blow it up I, I just i don't i know i buy alcohol extensively and you drink that but at the same time you get something to rather than the big bang and an ooh.
1: yeah i'll agree with that sentiment
0: and then you buy, but if you buy like a box of 50 pound fireworks and they 50 pound fireworks, then they're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everything in life, you get what you pay for. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, rambling on about fireworks. There's been plenty of fireworks in football, Andy, since we've been away. <laughs> oh, you've blatantly got that written down in front of you. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I had. But we'll start with, we'll start with, uh, oh, good, there's move enough. I can't even use a firework analogy here or a bonfire, maybe a pyre, a funeral pyre. Probably know how I wanted to start this tribute <laughs> to Probably not. Who's a man that means a great deal to me and many, many supporters across the world. Mr. Walter Smith, or as we know him, Sir Walter Smith. Should have got a knighthood, never got a knighthood. Um, but I think he did get an OBE. I think it's an OBE. Yeah, he's definitely um,
1: got some sort of acronym
0: after his name. He got, he got something from the Queen, at least, um, for his services to football. Sadly, Walter passed away um a couple of weeks ago just after i think it was a day I think it was a day after we recorded the last episode um, yeah you're right and he'd been he had been ill for a while and yeah uh, graham soonest had mentioned it very quickly on um uh so, like sky sports super sunday or something like that i remember a while ago and that's what kind of triggered everybody and then the family came out and said no oh, like can you keep your distance like privacy absolutely fine and then he was, he was spotted again a couple of months ago and people thought good, he's on the road to recovery and sadly he he didn't beat it so he passed away I think he was 72 um, okay, I, I don't know like, obviously he managed Everton and a lot of people kind of knew him from that down south and they knew him a bit from um, the assistant manager spell the Man United for a brief period but, yeah
1: I, I, think, I think people down here like people of our age at least will definitely remember him from Sort of managing Rangers during the nineties because he was—you can't have had many other managers in the nineties. He was with you for about eight years, I think, in that in that period, and like obviously Rangers were like flying then as well. Um, so he was—he was definitely sort of well known, probably well, not probably, definitely not as appreciated as he, he would have been north of the border, but yeah, people definitely sort of knew him for his Rangers spell. I think.
0: I think it was it was someone that has been obviously since then. There's been tons of tributes and everything that's been said. has been said. And- Alan McCoy said a really like poignant, really emotional one on the morning of at Talksport, because he'd been presenting, obviously, and then the news came through. Um, but someone made a really good point. On oh, the Rangers' Strip, you have like five stars to represent every ten titles won. So we've won 55. Those five stars. Wallace Smith is responsible for one of those stars alone, which is quite some going. Um, That's pretty he impressive. Kept, he obviously... He, went, he was the manager when I went to my first ever Rangers game as a kid. And it was a reserve match for Ian Durant's comeback. And Ian Durant was this famous midfielder, young Scottish midfielder, who had a terrible injury inflicted on him with a horrendous tackle from an Aberdeen player called Neil Simpson. You can see the photo online if you want. He wince. Um, and that's what caused a lot of bad blood between Rangers and Aberdeen. But it was his comeback match. And my dad took me, and I must have been a bit seven or eight and i remember it being freezing cold and it was it was wet i remember the wet, the cold and being bored at my absolute nut because it wasn't a proper game so the atmosphere at ibrox wasn't as kind of ferocious as it would have been and then i went to the rangers shop and i got a poster of the team i put it up on my wall and um i was adamant the rangers manager was i don't know if you remember this coronation street Remember Mavis? Remember Mavis <laughs> from Coronation Street? She had a husband called Derek. And I was adamant Walter Smith was Derek from <laughs> Coronation Street. He was a manager at the Rangers. Um, for a good couple of years, I was like, no, that's Derek. He looked, and then everyone's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, but look, on the TV, my poster, it's the same person. <laughs> um, But then that's, I think, after that season that must have been 91-92 maybe um after that season we had a great season in europe and all that like one of the most unforgettable ones 92-93 iconic strip is when the battle of britain rangers versus leeds we beat the champions of england leeds put them out for the first ever champions league uh, rangers were one of the founders of that and there was only two groups how times have changed two groups um four and basically, winner of the group, top of the group, you played the final. Um, and we went undefeated the entire season, and there was like phenomenal goals. The Thing that killed us were two draws with Marseille, the eventual winners. Um, and what makes it really better, we went that season like I think pretty much like forty-five games and it's a phenomenal run, won the treble in Scotland. We were one goal away from qualifying for the final. One goal away. And then what came out the next season was that Bernard Tappe, the owner of Marseille, had bribed referees. And there's a particular and some teams and there was a particular game where they wrap, racked up a huge amount of goals in the group game against I, I can't remember what opposition it was. Um and Marseille was stripped of the Champions League, the title and banned from Europe. Unbelievable how that can happen. It's unbelievable. And i wish it was like conspiracy it's true it's all there um and we would have played ac milan in the final and i think to this day like i I went to it was like i went to every european home game that season and my dad for the one and only time in his life he's a fan but he's not a massive fan but my uncle was the two of them went to all the away games on the bus like they went to copenhagen because we played lingby in a qualifier brilliant by bus from glasgow um and he went all over Europe with them, um, and it was—I think it was on the phone. I think my dad tells the story about it on the phone that he was—he'd um, phoned home because obviously no mobile phones, nothing. He just got pee when he was just phoning to check in. And my mum told him she was pregnant with my brother. <laughs> 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 well, he was in some pub. I can't remember where, he, where the pub was in Europe, but some right there came off the phone. He was like, oh, "I'm having another lot <laughs> 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 Um. But Walter Smith was responsible for all that, and then obviously he bowed out. We never made 10, but he had announced he was leaving at the end of the season. That was a shame. Signed Gaza, signed Loudrop, phenomenal players. Got the best at Gaza. Gaza's best football was under water Smith. Um, and then he went on to Euro 96 straight after his best season and scored that World Day against Scotland. Um, went away, tried the Everton, obviously, get done with the money. Situation kept him up. I think when you've seen the the tributes from Everton fans, I think everybody appreciated what he did. He uh, never... was
1: it, he was well respected there for sure because Everton, like Everton, obviously was like a big team during sort of seventies and eighties. But then, but you know, by the time by the time I sort of remember getting into football, like early nineties, Everton were with with Saints down the bottom of the league all the time. We consistently with the two scraping for survival, and uh, what Smith came in. He did all right there, from what I remember, he did he did pretty well. He
0: did, for what for what he had in front of him but he, he was responsible for a few key signings as well so kevin campbell he brought kevin campbell to Evan. he had duncan ferguson sold from under him to newcastle yep. didn't he know about that um he then first professional terms wayne rooney teed that up um and then there's just a list of players that he brought in that people really appreciated that everyone fans are a better place to say than me. Obviously, he got the sack in the end, kind of unceremoniously, but he kind of took it in the chin as he did, and then Moyes came in, and like we know what happened there. Um, and then, from what I believe, he kind of potted about, did a bit with um, Man United, was assist helping Alex Ferguson for six months. Really good story there about how he was the, he helped quite but this was before he died the story came out but Alan Fletcher told it about how Ronaldo was just constantly showboating and training just trying flicks and tricks constantly and it was winding up the other players so Smith was in charge of training because obviously Ferguson was quite hands-off and Smith instigated no fouls so basically there was no fouls in the game you could like fifa when you turn off films <laughs> um, Excellent. for two for two weeks of training and so you can imagine what happened every time ronaldo tried to do a wee flick of that he'd just get hacked to bits and within those two weeks he started to play the ball off he started to make space he started to play one twos and uh, it was darren like, this is before he died this Darren Flex said like, that was a that's what kind of clicked ronaldo's mind you know what i, I can't even nah because this, this is real life this is what happened in games and I'll just get berated. Um, so I thought that was a nice little thing to read. And then he went to Scotland job. He took Tommy Burns, his assistant at Alan McCoyst. And um, Tommy Burns, sadly, is no longer with us either. He died of cancer. He was a Celtic manager during what was glory years. Um, and they were main rivals, but that was a great move. Helped unite the country behind Scotland. We beat France under him, sadly never qualified. And the only reason he left the Scotland job was to go back to Rangers when we were in kind of dire straits after um, Moonbeam, as David Murray called them, Paul Gwen failed <laughs> miserably. Um, who saw that coming? And then no money. We were pff, hiding to nothing against Celtic in the league. His first old-form game, he does as usual, where he used to love signing just Walksmith would sign random players for these games, and do some weird tactical masterclass like, it was never analysed the way it's analysed now, but he would always come up with these little things. And he brought Ugo Egeog in. And Ugo Egeog scored the winning goal with an overhead kick. <laughs> As you Like, do. kind of made that stuff up. And then the next season, we won the league. And then the season after that, we won the league. Um, and we he brought through. We went all the way to a European final in oh, Manchester. Yeah,
1: to the UEFA Cup final? UEFA Cup yeah. final,
0: where we just... You hear fans, and I'll talk about have I say this a lot. Rangers fans care about winning, right? We don't really care about this philosophy of football. But we do care when you pay 45 quid a ticket and you go to a European home match <laughs> and you draw no-no. And you go to the next one and you draw 0 no And then what was happening <laughs> is you would set a team out to be really impossible to beat at home. And then we'd go away and we'd win. And we kept doing it. It was the season, the season we went to the final was when Champions League, we went to Leon and beat them 3-0. No one had beat Leon at home in years in Europe. Um, they came and pumped us at Ibrox, Benzema got a hat-trick. And then, but yeah, we just kept going out, beating teams. So he took his final, sadly we never won that. Um, and then he stepped down, he announced his retirement, um, that he was finished, he was going out on high, won the league great and then the, all the shambles happened at rangers and um, so up until last season when Gerard done it he was the last title winning manager for rangers trophy winning manager but so glad that you got to see his lift it again you know was here for it I and mean, he was Gerard was quite emotional in his response when the death was announced i think he's really helped mm. um really helped him bed into the club and stuff so i know I've, I've went on for about 10 minutes with him but it's just he's such a big figure to all of us and the, the last thing is I've, I've, I've met him a few times uh but he used to own a pub that i worked in it had been sold long after i started working in it um, and i when i was younger i must have been 23 24 and i was working two jobs because i was skint so i was working been out in the day. And then did night shifts in the pub and so I um, what happened was I finished and I was going to be five minutes late for work and it was at where Urban Outfitters in Glasgow is it's at the bottom of where my, the pub is which is uphill the whole way like literally Glasgow's the hills in the town and I remember sprinting like wanting to die by the time I get behind the bar and I run in and oh, fucking oh, I'm knackered and my boss jason is like Fucking, yeah! just give me shite to give me shite he you knew <laughs> i'd been working there i was like Fuck off just give up!" a oh, red face turn around and there he is at the bar it's a Walter smith and i was just stunned silence like "Fuck!" and he'd seen all this and he's like oh it makes his order and then he just he's just like get one for yourself son and I like, oh i mean, what i said was thank you sir and <laughs> <laughs> <I> went away <laughs> Put a buddy, took a bottle of Peroni because that's what he was drinking bought a bottle of Pieroli myself and gave his money back and i remember just i remember just thinking to myself he oh, saw that and he knew oh. you know what i'm just going to meet this i'm going to meet this last day i'm going to just calm it down and tell my friend, sorry that's so good and he did that and i'll never forget i'll never forget that <laughs> the fact that i said thank you sir never bothered him for a picture never bothered him for an autograph of that kid. They came out of that pub a lot, and we'd had Sunnyside, and you'd had McCoys in it, because it was a kind of right in the center of town, but a safe haven. Wouldn't you get any assholes, wouldn't you get any shite, So you could go in there and just kind of enjoy your beer, no matter who you are. Um, and so that's it. So to to Sawala Smith, like thank you for thank you for the memories, as I say. I think. And <laughs> for the beer, and for the Peroni, bottle of Peroni. It may be a green bottle, but there's red, white, and blue on the label, so that's it. <laughs> okay, tributes aside, let's talk about the Rangers, You know, we're already on that topic. It's been a bouncy couple of weeks coming out of the international break. Uh, it's been a lot Europe, of goals. A lot of goals, knowing Europe, and there's been a lot of goals for every team we play. We give them a goal head start. We've decided that last season was too easy. This impenetrable defense, the most out record in British football, etc. Nah, let's give every team a plus one start, and then, then build on it. I think the stats are like in the last seven games. It's been like in the fourth minute, in the sixth minute, in the eighth minute, in the twelfth, and it's just it's ridiculous. But. What what. We're getting there we're finally starting to rack up i've I think i've seen the last few podcasts we're due to give a team a doing
1: yeah yeah th- that's
0: right i thought the bronby game at home that was going to be the game they we kind of got the win but it was a, it was a bit wasn't it great motherwell one nil down um we did give them a dune. we stepped it up i don't know if you saw that andy that was the one with our um zambian prince fashion Sakala, it's
1: one of the greatest names
0: in football. Yeah, Junior, Junior's in there as well. Fashion Junior on the back is top. And I don't know if you've heard the song. No, I've not the heard it. Ultimate earworm. It's the um. I don't know the words. All I know is, uh, you know, I think Shakira. Na 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 na. Hey na Na-na-na-na-na. na 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 na. He comes from Zambia. <laughs> <laughs> So, Wasn't that, that the
1: song she did for the South African World Cup?
0: Yeah, I think I think some fans went African. Hold on I mean, a minute, they have yeah. tried Toto. <laughs> We've got some. tight tried play. Toto. <laughs> Toto's too too slow going, and they're like, hang on a minute. I know that one. Um, so you get a hat trick. Sadly, couldn't carry the form into Brondby away, where it was one each again. On goal, just gifting goals. Um, Should have won the game, but oh well. So coming out of this weekend again, like we're well, not playing great, but I'm kind of I'm kind of just summarising it because so much time's passed and anybody listening to this will be aware of what Rangers have done. So six one great, four points clear. Then we go into the game again. Um, Celtic having played the early game yesterday, they beat Dundee four two, who are second bottom of the league. We're playing Ross County, who are bottom of the league, and we get a four um, two. But again, after four minutes, Ross County take the lead at Idricks.
1: It's funny how those two games sort of like mirrored each other in that respect. Obviously, the goals were scored in a different order, but you're playing the, the two worst teams in the league, and both Rangers and Celtic are going to concede two goals each. It's quite surprising.
0: I think from our point of view, we have really there just seems to be, I don't know what it is. There's a slightness, there's a lackness. We don't have any other defenders at the moment. So I think the players know that they're not going to get dropped. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, Celtic are weak at the back. Are weak at the back. Like that defense is a weak defense, and the way they play makes them weak. And the, the goalkeeper Joe Hart. I don't care what you tell me. There's goals in him. Do you know what I mean? Like McGregor, there's no many goals in. Yeah. Hart, there's goals in. Barca's, there's tons of goals in mclaughlin for us there's no goal like we have a solid base there just some, it seems to be this mental slackness it's no ability whereas i think the celtic back line can be got at like the goals that were the dundee first goal yesterday was quite a simple goal the ball was whipped into the box and the guy just goes and headers it in like gets ahead of the player it's no rocket sites whereas theirs so not if we had var it would be ruled it was offside but tight call but it was offside but it was just slack it was just there was just a, a mental brain fart and all the goals seemed to just be stemming from this brain fart um but thankfully we had starting for the first time in months ryan kent who is just he's, he's i think his enforced absence has made all the fans appreciate ryan Kent. yeah that
1: happens sometimes
0: because he just he just runs it. He's got something that no one else has got. Is that he's got those kind of swivelly hips, where he'll, he runs at a player and it makes it look easy. He's running at the player, and you think, well, he will just the, the defender can't even put a foot in because he just drops the shoulder and swivels the hips, and he's away again. And he's t- he plays with both feet, which is great. And he scored a fucking. I don't know if you saw the goal. The goal he scored nine um, The from like twenty five yards out. The angle from the TV, looks like the keeper should have done better. It looks like it just came straight through the keeper. Mm. But the angle from the other side of the pitch, you see it literally goes like... I don't know, how high is a crossbar? Like 10 feet? Yeah, about that. 10 feet. It goes about 18 feet in the air, and then it dips. <laughs> like, oh, nice. It just dips right under the goalkeeper to the point where you're like fucking hell no wonder from the angle when you're looking at the side face on it looks like it's just went through the keeper but actually they're trying the keeper Um, so, he so he's, he's
1: never he's never seen it coming then
0: nah, it's, it's just a great, great strike so that Rebo scored, the he was in good form, great strike from Kent, really lifted the team so that made it 2-1 at half time which we, we're making a habit of going in 1-0 down and then we're going in 2-1 up which is good.
1: Your last three games isn't it? Yeah,
0: I think Rangers, have, I think from losing positions, we've got like 16 points this season, <laughs> which is mental. Um, and then second half, just continued to be dominant. We had Bakuna started yesterday for us. We might not have a style of play that we all agree on, but we all have a little work ethic as Rangers fans. Bakuna doesn't really have that work ethic. Sure, so it'll get drummed in him, but he's never going to be a box to box driving midfielder. But he is a very technical player. Hadji's Hadji works hard though. Hadji's Haji, kind of different, where Hadji is technical but loves a, a scrap, loves a tackle, will track back. And so we're used to that, whereas Bakuna kind of floats. So he's a bit divided opinion. Really good yesterday. Really good. Can pick a pass, tries it on, and scored a cracking strike as well. Loads of lovely loan plays. So four two in the end, their second goal was just again just slack, just mentally slack. Four one up they score, but overall we're back to being four points clear going into the break. And I think Kent coming back, Ryan Jack came back on the pitch since first time since last season. He missed the Euros in a with injury. That was a biggie. Um, so a lot of positives going into the international break for us. I feel like we might be turning a corner.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it sort of sounds like, especially we have having a couple of you know big names coming back as well. Um, it sounds like yeah, maybe you're turning the corner. The goals are going in now. You just need that that sort of final piece of you know the the sort of defensive concentration, um, which you know, like I've talked about it a lot with, with Saints in the past. It's one of those things where you, until you sort that out, winning games is going to be a lot harder. Obviously, Rangers have got the. Uh, the, the the sort of benefit of having players that can change the game as well, but you, you know things are going to seem a lot simpler if you can cut out those those goals you conceded again. Like last season, I, we talked about it a few times now, but it, the defensive record last season was like outrageous. It was it was unsustainable.
0: Like it was an absolutely of course, non- yeah, yeah. nominally. Like there's no no team can play that way. It's the mental co- concentration, but they had nothing else to focus on.
1: Yeah, true, but then I, I think, I think the other teams in the league must have got to the point where they're like, they're probably feeling conscious about like how are we going to score against this team because no one was scoring against you.
0: Whereas now, like Ross County attacking us, yeah, in the fourth minute, teams know they can get a goal, so we need to get we need to get back in and some sort of form there. Um. The rest of Scottish football, quick Scottish football roundup. Hibs continue to have shattered it. Hibs hibs that again. <laughs> it didn't, um, didn't go
1: on for very long, did it? Nah,
0: like, oh, we're going to win the league. Hearts on the other hand.
1: They're looking they all really right.
0: Hearts are still doing really well. Um, I'm going to pull up the table here. Um
1: are they second or
0: 3rd The They're third. They're two points behind Celtic. Dundee United are in fourth. Hibs on the down sixth. Motherwell's above them. Hibs have lost the last four games.
1: That's yeah, poor,
0: really poor. Um, in terms of us versus Celtic, as I said, four points. There's a five point, five goal, five goals in it. Goal difference wise, we've only we've scored one less goal than them. Now for the all attacking, free flowing, ball, You know the greatest football I've seen this side of fucking. Brazil the 70 um, that says quite a lot what's annoying is we've conceded four more than them That's yeah but
1: you're, you're, you're conceding one a game basically which is that goal you concede in the first five minutes of every match but yeah. um, it's surprising that, they, that they've only conceded nine because I just feel, I feel like there's been a lot of games where they've conceded I mean they've lost three games for starters yeah. in the league um, but the yeah league, I don't know the odd stats they've got against they the had that
0: They had the Livingston draw the other week at home and they had 75% or 85% 85 possession of the total game. Um, And they had like one less foul than Livingston. And I think the weird thing is we spoke about this the week before about a game where the foul count, remember? So Celtic fans seen that and went to Conspiracy Dome, their usual headquarters, (laughs) and they were adamant that that was proof that they're up against it. I'm like, no, that just proves that you might have all the possession but you're you're slack where you're passing. You lose the ball, you can see the foul. That's all that that's all that proves. That's where the fouls are coming from. Um but even with the conspiracy and you know, all the referees against them, they still got a man sent off and a penalty in the ninety second, ninety third minute of that game when they also got an extra six minutes stoppage time and that brings me nicely onto what I like to call Kyogo the cheat um I don't know you I sent you this Andy you saw it when he got yeah JFK Lee Lee Harvey Oswald was in the Celtic (laughs) stand Celtic library and fucking shot in the back of the head and he went down so I thought well all right fine as Celtic fans have been commenting, it's the dark arts, you've got to do it to win. And you're like, Hod, nah, it's cheating, right? It's, it's pretty bleached.
1: That, that was blatant cheating.
0: I how, how they got the penalty, I don't know, but that's for another day. I don't care. Move on to yesterday. And it happened again. He got attacked by the phantom flange flinger. <laughs> like, fucking, there's a great shot of it from the side on angle and he, he kind of goes to the Dundee player and the Dundee players watching the ball about to come in the box, and he he does a um, um, Zidane Matt, to Matarazzi. Kyobo does this, this fucking like weird <laughs> kind of like headbutt, and then collapses and gets subbed off for a shoulder injury. What? And, and everybody's <laughs> like, what? What? What is going on? Hold on a minute. Um, But obviously not, because he's Kyogo. The press isn't saying anything. If it happened to be a certain Colombian doing this, I'm sure he would be public enemy number one, but Kyogo the cheat, as I will now refer to him constantly. Um, And that's not to do... I've seen it, I've seen it on Twitter. Apparently, we're only seeing this because of the racist incidences with Rangers fans. This is us taking revenge on them for their punishment, which, again... The fucking conspiracy dome mental gymnastics it takes to land on that kind of outcome. No, we're saying it because
1: it's it's very creative if nothing else.
0: It's it's fucking honestly it's it's mind numbing, these conspiracies. Um <laughs> Scottish football would be dead without them. But me man, it's exhausting.
1: Um it sells papers, right?
0: It sells papers, it gets people listening to podcasts and, and videos and stuff. Speak of which I don't know if I sent you this. Have you seen Brian McClare on some there's a Celtic podcast video thing? But they're doing a cooking show of sorts now. And they have Brian McClare as a guest. <laughs> and Brian McClare looks like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, if he was addicted to Buckfast. Right? <laughs> and he just goes on this ramble about like caffeine-enhancing drugs. You know this? Did Did you hear this that about Liverpool got accused of it, and then Rangers did as well? About how there's this secret coffee that's been get given to Liverpool and Rangers players, and that's how they've been so fit and how they run so much during games. You know, picked up that because con- yeah. the most ridiculous thing I've heard. So we'll we'll do. It. Maybe I should start a side podcast about the conspiracies of Scottish football. But see, so he, he mentions that. He mentions it, and I'm like oh my god yeah you're one of them because he has a celtic fan but he's a proper mm. fucking nutter um definitely look up guys brian mcclair on the, I'll, I'll, I'll find the name of it before the end of the pod i'll say at the end of the pod. And you can go and watch this clip on youtube it's fucking mental and
1: it, oh, it, i look forward to
0: this it's it's, it's just you can't ah, you can't even make this shit up and that that's this week's scottish football roundup so there's not, not much happening the usual <laughs> um, we went into the international break with a must-win game against moldova so obviously we're not going to win that and then the next game after that's denmark i, I believe away they are no they're no way we'll pump them because they have not got any pedigree at all have they
1: <laughs> well you never they might not even have a manager by then if he goes to
0: aston villa right we played the czech republic like fucking d squad remember that (laughs) and we did not beat them. so there's 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 nothing you can yeah nothing you can say about that but let's let's get on to something more exciting and let's talk about one of the form teams in the English Premier League (laughs) whose manager is getting linked with open job vacancies now let's talk about the mighty 13th place Southampton
1: (laughs) it's funny how things turn around like that but uh, we you know looking at the fixtures before the season started, we, we said that we've got to get through those first, I don't know what it was, six or seven games. And then we had this patch of games that you could judge the the team on and see sort of how far we've come. And, you know, we've made progress. I think the last four games we've won three and drawn one, which has uh, got us more points than our previous 12 games in the competition, if you go across both seasons, apparently. Um don't really know why that stat's being thrown around purely because it it looks like looks quite impressive. But yeah, we've um we've made a habit of winning one nil, which is nice. Um he's I mean, we've seen it most of the season, but the, the defence has been sorted out now. There's there's an element of concentration. There's still a lot of Saints fans claiming that there's no leadership at the back, but I can't see that. If we we've kept five clean sheets in what was it, eleven games in, in the league. One of them is yeah. into Man City. Um, I don't think you. I don't think you do that if uh, if you don't have some sort of leadership at the back. Maybe there's not the one kind of vocal standout, but you know, I think the, clearly something's going right there. And like Salisu's, arguably been our player of the season so far. He's been incredible. Um,
0: but I think just, it's like we've been saying about the fixtures, right? So we've ranted about Newcastle, Southampton, and how that game should have been dead and buried and yep. then you scraped a point. You you salvaged a point from a game that you should have won. Then you then you play West Ham, who are now we'll come on to them, like the, the form team in the league. You get no yep. no there. You go to Man City, arguably probably one of the toughest places to go in the league. You get a draw there, a point there, and at that point it's still shaky ground because you're from nine points you're sitting on three out of that. You go to Wolves, who. For the month of basically october so the end of september beginning october with the form team you get beat they come to you you get beat 1-0 you go to chelsea top of the league now you get beat by them and we were saying at that point like this run of games coming up this is where your seasons make a break and these have done it yeah like you've done exactly what i see granted probably the only poor result in that run has been the burnley one
1: yeah, but I've watched Burnley the last couple of weeks now, and they're not bad, you know. Like, they're not they're, a bad. Their, team. League, their league position is is completely uh, misrepresentative. But of, that, I think
0: that I think that's what's happened with Southampton. I think. Yeah. The run of games that you had, I think you're still chronically lacking a finisher, like a oh massively.
1: Part. It's you know, but we knew that at the beginning of the season. You sold Danny Ings a week before the season starts. Yeah, we bought in Adam Armstrong. I still think he can get us ten goals this season if he gets ten goals and a few others chip in, we'll we'll be fine. But they they need to address it properly in the, in the summer. Um, how they do that, I don't know. It de- depends what sort of you know uh, how this season goes, I suppose. But is yeah, it's the obvious thing we're missing. We don't Adam Armstrong. I think is an actual finisher, and I was actually really impressed with him in the game, um, the game on the weekend. Not just because he scored the goal the 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 winning goal, but he always, whenever he got the ball, he's just the first thing he did was like have a look around. Can I get a shot away? He's always looking to get a shot away, always looking to get like a quick shot away as well. And uh, he's got that instinct. And I think once he's got a couple of goals, he get a bit more confidence. And I mean, he looked confident anyway, but get a bit more confidence. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he'll get a decent decent run of goals in him. Um, it's going to take him a little bit of time to adjust to the Premier League. He probably doesn't get as much time as he maybe did in some of the Championship games. But from what I've seen of him, I, I, I have sort of relatively high hopes. The, the The problem he's going to have is we've got so much of our attack and play this season focusing on going down the wings. On the wing. And it's, yeah. it, like, it, it's not working because we don't have players of the quality in those positions to either get the ball in the box or to pull the pass to the edge of the box or to go and take a man on and you know, put a pass into the middle. Adam Armstrong and, and Shay Adams to an extent making some fantastic runs on the weekend through the middle, like right on the shoulder of the defender, on a defence that's playing quite a high line. We just needed someone to put the ball through the middle. And it, I don't think once did anyone look up to play that pass. And if we had done, Armstrong would have been through a couple of times because he made some some really good runs. His, his movement was brilliant. I think if Ralph must see that hopefully he can get us to adapt our attacking play to, you know, to the to the strengths of the bloke that we've signed to be our our sort of talisman up front. But, you know, early days yet and I'm overall like I'm very happy with how the season's gone so far. Like you said, thirteenth. I think we're three points off of Man United, who are sat in what, fifth or sixth? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not looking at us finishing that high up the league. It, it'd be stupid. But um, you know, yeah, there's it's three a, points a, between you and Man United and Brighton. It's, it's it's tight. It's very tight in the in the sort of the middle of the, the table at the moment. And it should be. We've only done what eleven games, but yeah, things are things are looking good. We've got Norwich next. Um Which, hopefully uh
0: good up good or bad timing because it seems that they've had a manager, they've got two managers lined up, apparently young progressive managers whatever that means. Um, but I don't think the players are there that are going don't,
1: to... I don't think so. It's not that. like a
0: Conte, going, which we'll come out all these kind of chats as well, but it's not like Spurs where there's, there's a few absolute, absolute gems in that squad who will yeah. help lift. Norwich are just... I watched them at the weekend again, and I know they get the win, but I totally understand why they sacked them. Because it was a win against the odds, in my opinion. I thought yeah. that Brent Brentford... And even the Brentford manager came out afterwards and was like, I criticise the team for that. It was just one of those days. We did everything right. We just didn't win.
1: Yeah. Um, you really think... don't want to have that day against Norwich, though. That's the team you've got to be taking six points off you've got through, to take his, the points through off, a season. Yeah, um, yeah I, it's, it's never a good time to play a, a team when they're bringing in a new manager. I swear to God, this happens to us at least once every season. We play the team that's been getting pumped every week, just as they're about to bring in the new manager. Uh, or just as they have brought it in, it'll be the manager's first game. And then we end up losing or get a draw in a game that, you know, two weeks ago, we definitely would have won. It's, uh, I mean, you can call that a conspiracy theory if you want to, but I swear it happens every season. Uh, but yeah, we I like we should still beat Norwich. I don't care who their managers. We should still beat them, like man for man on the pitch. We, we've a far better team than they have. But we'll we'll see. We'll win that, and um, I think we've got we've got maybe one or two sort of reasonable games coming up, and then it's a, a then it's a sort of tricky
0: run of matches again. Oh, I, so, think, I, I think I think you have tricky runs coming up too, mate. To be honest, after Norwich, it's Liverpool away uh, and food, yeah. Leicester at home, Brighton at home then away to everybody's favourite Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. <laughs> then off to your favourite for the drop, Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> then it's Brentford. Then it's West Ham. Like all these teams I mean, seem. It's weird, isn't it, at the moment in the in the league? There's a lot of teams on form. But I don't know how how is that happening. How is there so many teams on form teams at the moment? Yeah, when you're looking I think, at a league for these teams,
1: like. other than probably, other than probably Chelsea, I don't think there's been a team that's been consistently a high standard all season. Um, like Man City have been for most of it, Liverpool have been for most of it, West Ham probably have been for most of it. Hence why those four make up the top four. But there's been every other team has either had like a really bad patch and then a really good patch, or they've had the reverse. Or like us and Crystal Palace, they've drawn almost every game and have got a really, you know, low number of losses, but just haven't quite got like the momentum going. Uh, so, yeah, it's like it makes for a good season though, because everyone's beating everyone, yeah, and yeah. it's what we always say leads to a good Premier League season is when when you have that competitiveness in every single match, and we've definitely had it so far this season. Yeah, it's, it's
0: strange because I'm just, I'm looking at the form table and. You were saying, oh, you always get the team that's just got a new manager. Well, you're responsible for a team getting a new manager, really, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, um, yeah. And I think
0: we saw this cup. We, we've talked about it, but last five games, defeat. Like they've looked awful. They've looked terrible. They've looked kind of without form, without shape. They've bought players that don't seem able, Like I think was it is it Christian Perslow, who's a MD?
1: Yeah. Um, he's been taking a lot of stick this week off
0: some of the fans and he came out and said at the start of the season that when they sold Ings it's fine we've replaced them with like three different players Grealish you mean? oh Grealish yeah sorry we've replaced him with um, three different players like, Ings was one of them that came in mm. um, and Leon Bailey is it Leon Bailey? came yeah. in and and you can, it, it doesn't work that way. We've seen it time and time again. When it,
1: Tottenham Dotner Bale was the famous one, isn't Mike it? Like
0: fucking Liverpool with fucking Torres, and then they bring in like Andy Carroll and all that. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what yeah. are you doing? Um, but I just, I get, I, I think the fans, I think it's with a heavy heart, they can understand why he's went, but they're, they're, they're emotionally attached to them. I don't think Villa will go down.
1: No, no, no. Villa Villa won't go down. And bringing in bringing in the the right next manager might help them have a good finish this season. Still, um, the one thing Dean Smith did wrong is coming out at the beginning of the season and saying like we have to finish at least top ten. That immediately yeah. put a ton of pressure on himself. I don't, I don't think he's done a bad job there. I think he's done a good job. Most Villa fans that I've seen seem to think he's done a good job and. Do you know what? You lose five games in a row, even two or three years ago, you're not going to get fired for it. That just shows how uh yeah, how tight the margins are these days. And I, I still think it's a bit harsh firing the guy. Yeah, they look bad and they, they didn't really look like they knew what they were doing on the pitch, but I think they still could have given him a bit more time to turn it around because they should be looking at the, the, the people in recruitment um if they want to ask questions. They sold their talisman. Jack Grealish, the guy that like everything around that team went through, and we talked about this a few times now, but yeah. it's so important now that the manager's just been fired because of it, because they didn't replace him. Like you said, they bought in three players on for big money, as well as a few other players they bought in before that as well, and they've just they have not really given the manager a chance to sort of settle his team. Like another one they bought in was Ashley Young, and nothing against Ashley Young; I think he's a good player, but. Why have they? Why have they brought him in? It just, it just upsets the balance. Like bringing in Ronaldo at Man United. Like Villa had a really strong and settled back four. All of a sudden, he's got to accommodate another player in there, and there's a bit of rotation going on. And it just, it it, it causes more problems sometimes when you bring players in than just to try and maintain some consistency. Um, and we've said before, like Bounedjah not settled. He's, he doesn't quite look right yet. Leon Bailey, from what I saw against Saint, like, honestly, the guy was awful. Uh, I was quite happy when the ball was going down the right-hand side and Bailey had it, because I knew nothing was going to come of it. Uh, whereas Al on the other side looked, looked very dangerous, even though he should have been sent off twice. Um, but yeah, they just Villagers don't have that balance. They've and they they've got too many players that can play in the different positions, which sounds like a, a good problem to have, but it, it's created the inconsistency that eventually has lost Dean Smith's job. And just, I'm looking at the
0: because international break is the time, and I think we said this about we'll come on to Man United, but we've pinpointed this time after in the run of games we were going to have as will we still be here or not? And I think it's I think it's dangerous for managers this international break because it gives people the time, like we've seen it with Spurs, we're seeing it across the board.
1: Yeah, it's been it's, a lot said about it this week. There's two weeks
0: because a lot of the players aren't on international duty of these clubs. So there's a lot of time on the training ground and an opportunity to reset. Um, so I've pulled up Villa's fixtures. They've got Brighton at home, which should be a tricky game, like based on the form Brighton's in, like in terms of their setup and how they play. Then it's Palace away, who are playing really well. Then it's Man City in Villa Park. Then it's Leicester. Then it's Liverpool. Like. I can kind of see why the boards went, fuck, yeah, nah. Of those five games, that's 15 points, realistically. What, yeah, six? Five, maybe. Yeah. Five, six points. Um, and the current standard, if it continues the way it's going, if we get someone new in, we might get a bounce. We might win the first two. We might scrape a draw at home, pick up a couple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they might yeah, be thinking yeah. how yeah. save it. Because after that, it's Norwich, then it's Burnley. Chelsea, but then it's Little Leeds and Brentford, so it kind of it's not like, it's a, a decent run of games for a yeah. manager to come in, he gets a free hit against Liverpool like, that's not going to go against him um, so I can kind of see that the reasoning behind it, but I still think to your point, it is harsh based on the achievements um, the bet, I think the betting for the manager, who the next manager is like Gerard went to favourite based on yeah. I think the relationship he has with Christian Parslo because they were at Liverpool at the same time. I don't think and I'll obviously biased here, I've said this before when it was Newcastle linked. He's not gonna go to fucking Villa
1: in this no, season. This, absolutely not. I think almost everyone that's been linked to a villa is just a ridiculous like I don't know where normally I mean, ha- like, ha- okay, this makes linked. sense. Like Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I mean, that's famous last words, but I really, really can't see it happening. Like, the the club's stuck by Hassan Huttle over the last few years. Hassan Huttle's stuck by the club over the last few years when they sold his best players. There's a really good relationship between him and the, the MD and the chairman and everyone else. Like, it's a really good working relationship. Why would you go and upset that in the middle of the season and take a huge gamble? I know Villa fans are out there saying, oh, it's a bigger club and all this. Like, yeah, you probably are a bigger club, but. You're not, you're not a club going anywhere you know faster than we are and yeah you've got some more money to spend but you know the I think the out of the 20 teams in the league, the team with the lowest net spend over the last four years is Liverpool so having all the money and spending all the money doesn't make you the best team uh, so yeah Villa I don't know I'm just not sure about all these guys being linked to them. the Denmark manager, the weirdest link. Why? Why would the Denmark manager want to go to Aston Villa when
0: he's about to take a team to I've a just, World I've just pulled up I've pulled up Skybet for the odds. Yeah, Gerrard's five to four. Yeah, it's ridiculous. John Terry's five to one. Martinez seventy one. Fonseca ninety one. Lampard ten one. I don't, none of these Matt, like you've got Hasselud sixteen one. Yeah. Graham Potter fourteen one. Why would these man all these managers? I could see John Terry Fonseca because he's desperate to get into the, the, the league, Lampard. Outside of that, I don't see anyone any of these managers going to Villa. No,
1: I d I I can't see it happening. I think Lamp I think, Lam, think Lampard will end up at Norwich. Um Norwich okay. also been linked with Hassan All like why the hell would he go there? Um that makes no sense. Um but yeah, I I could see I could see Lampard going to Norwich. Um The only way I see Lampard going to Villa is if he's got John Terry as his assistant, which I don't know if Terry would even go for that. Um, Fonseca? I'll be honest, I don't know enough about Fonseca. The only thing I know about him is he gets linked with every single vacancy in English football. Um, And I I looked up his record the other day just to try and learn a bit more about him. He's not really done anything anywhere. There's nothing special about him. Um, So yeah, that's another another weird link. Yeah, he is.
0: I've pulled up the odds for Norwich. Lampard's 45. So he's five four odds on. Um, yeah. Then it's... Who's... Oh, I'm going to fucking butcher this. <laughs> Jett... Je, Knudsen.
1: I mean, you've not given me too much to work with uh, <laughs> there. I'm going
0: to have to type it because I don't know who the fuck that person is.
1: I, I don't Norwe- know. He's Norwegian.
0: he's Norwegian. He's a Norwegian football coach and he manages Bodo Oh, as the Bodo Glint manager.
1: I'm going to guess his name is Knutsen. Knudsen
0: i uh, check you. See, the finally it comes in handy. You live in a fucking hot
1: <laughs> I've probably pronounced that horribly wrong as well. To be fair, I mean, this, this guy, Bernard Glimps, has done a, like unreal job. I was reading about them yesterday. They only got promoted to the top flight like four years ago, I think. Um, and then last season, they, they won the league by smashing everyone. I think aside from one loss and three draws, they won every single game. This season, they're about to win the league again. Um, which, you know, it's almost harder doing it in the this, this second season. Uh, they smashed Roma, what was it, 6-1 in their own, you know, at, at home and then went, got a 2-2 draw in the Stadio Olimpico last week, um, just making that smile on Mourinho's face even bigger. Like, this manager's decent. Like, I'm not saying yeah. the Norwegian league is of any sort of standard, but to come in out of nowhere like like that team's done and go on and win the, the title back-to-back
0: is, is insane. It's just it's just mad that there's him, there's Dean Smith, and then it jumps twelve to one, Roy Hodgson or Russell Martin.
1: <laughs> oh, well, Russell um, Martin's a lazy link because he was their captain. He played yeah. for them for years, but Please he's only know. just moved to. Uh, where's he just moved to? He's moved somewhere in the championship. Um, he just, yeah, you see, just you see
0: you see these odds, and you just think you're literally just you're throwing names in a hat.
1: Yeah, they've some of those have just been pulled out of someone's arse. like that. Russell Martin's not going to go there. They're not going to want Russell Martin, and Russell Martin's literally just gone to the championship. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a little surprised no one's been linked with like a couple of the championship managers. There's some good ones down there. Unfortunately, most of them are sort of quite new in their jobs, which is maybe why. But um, yeah, I think Lampard for Norwich. If not, then I wouldn't be surprised to see Dean
0: Smith go there. There's some yeah. some interest in Ben. It's up here. Yeah. Very strange. Um, next permanent Southampton manager. Um Alan is currently favourite at five to one. So you got that to look forward to, mate. That's
1: ridiculous. Come. Ridiculous thought.
0: Um and um, next manager to leave the club is Ole Gunner. Shall we come on? Shall we talk about Man United?
1: Yeah, I mean it's no surprise that he's the favourite and I think after him was actually one of the favourites to to be the next manager. I think that's why the Betton's
0: still a betting market for all
1: yeah, sorts. But will now after this last week uh, of manager seconds, he's now the sixth longest serving manager currently in the Premier League uh, which is probably why he's high on the agenda to be one of the next ones to go. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere this season. If If he does, it's going to be the I mean the club aren't even going to fire him. He'd have to go and lose ten in a row. Um but yeah, he's not going to go anywhere. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't think, is going to go anywhere either. Um I'm still totally in two minds on this guy. Not on his not on his ability as a coach, because he's not a world class coach. That's that's abundantly clear. I just I just don't I don't see what's gonna get better for Man United by firing him. Because um, I don't know who they're going to bring in, and they've—you can't forget like Solskjaer did come in at a time where they looked Man United looked dead and buried, and he came in, he sort of stabilised everything. And yeah, they've like they've had a couple of really bad results in the last few weeks. He's not gone through a single period in time he's been manager where he's like consistently lost games. Don't get me wrong; like they were atrocious against Liverpool, arguably worse against City, despite the fact the scoreline was lower. They they really looked awful in a few of these matches. But I think but... that's
0: I think that's where it comes down to though, mate. I think if if you're a United fan and you're a big club and you finished second last year and you spend what was it? What did they spend in the summer? They spent good money. Oh like, yeah. And it, we we say, though, like quality players have came in and we've chatted about it. And, stuff like that and then you said I think you could see the frustration on like listening on that Liverpool game and listening like on the Man City game with Roy Keane and stuff the frustration and even like Misha Richards was getting really worked up for some reason because I think they can see the frustration is he has a phenomenal array of talent at his disposal and he doesn't know how to use it he literally has like everything laid out I mean, it's like fucking owning, I don't know, owning a fucking Ferrari and using it to go to the supermarket and back. You're not really, like, taking it out, but it's like, no, no, but he's, he's at the wheel. It's fine. He's got it. I don't think the coaching's good enough. I mean, the, the noise coming out that has started coming out is the players are unimpressed with training. Ronaldo's been kind of shocked by the standards. Fernandes is getting pissed off. And we mentioned before, he's not... The young players aren't developing. They're not stepping up. They're not being pushed. Um, And there comes a point where Man United's running as a business, very much so. And if your assets are heavily depreciating all of a sudden, like you sign a a Ballon d'Or nominee and he doesn't get get a game because Fred plays there's something there's something, no <laughs> right you signed one of the, the most exciting young players in the world who happens to be English at like at a time in his career where it looks like he's about to just rocket launch even further and instead what you've now got is a, a young guy that looks absolutely short of confidence do you know I mean? like yeah. when all that starts happening you've got Pogba walking out the door on a free having achieved the grand summer fuck all in his time there and um, i think the business needs to start looking into that and to your point who would you bring in like how would you get better i think you would bring in a team i think you would there's there's going to be managers out there that have a coaching staff and i think that's the week I, i'm seeing this purely from like a gerard point of view gerard brought in a staff specialist positions that he cherry picked and he thought, right, you do this and you do that and Michael Beale's a tactician and a tactics guy. And you've got like Gary McAllister on the training pitch, he's just this important and it all works as a unit. And the players can't really challenge it because they've all done something important. Whereas Man United have this thirty six year old guy who's getting kind of constantly kind of reported to in the papers, the stories about about how inexperienced there is, and I think that's like I have no love for Man United. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me whether they win or lose, and I know you don't either. But I think it's 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 bizarre. I think if you're a Man United fan, yeah, you can still you can criticize Oli without being disloyal to Oli. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I like I said, I, he's clearly not a world class manager. He's he is uh, over ninety minutes beaten every world class manager um, in his time as Man United boss. Um, but yeah, he's not. I've, I think he he shows sort of very like amateur mistakes that, that you know suggest he's not not up to the same standard as you know his counterparts at the other big teams. But I, if it was, I don't know. It's easy to say because I'm not a Man United fan, but. Honestly, there'd be some of the players I'd be looking at before I'm looking at the manager. Um, you know what you get with Cristiano Ronaldo, and like, don't get me wrong, he's pulled Man United out of some holes already this season. But watching that Man City game, I think the first ten minutes he was on his ass three times, like you know, just getting knocked over or having a dive. And you think, come on, mate, your your team right now need to get stuck into the game. They need to work their ass off. And they need to fight like every little battle on the pitch to try and compete with this Man City team. And all he was doing was just like falling over. The defense just kept making the same mistakes all the time, misplacing their passes everywhere, putting themselves back under pressure again. Fred and McTominay, as they have been all season, were absolutely non-existent in the middle of the pitch. Yep. And I think that's where their biggest problem is. Is is in the middle. They've like Man United teams. Of, of the past have always had so much creativity in the model in, in the middle sorry uh, obviously Pogba was suspended I don't think he would have made a blind bit of difference no. he's been a complete liability all season apart from against Leeds United um, and I just think I think they've got problems all over the pitch and it's been completely glossed over by the fact that they spent a lot of money on Jaden Sancho they brought back Cristiano Ronaldo who to be honest Solskjaer had probably no say in it but he also couldn't be the manager that said you know oh, no, we'll let Man City have him. That was never going to happen. Um, and yeah, I think I think there's these big
0: signings,
1: like Varane's been a good signing and they did miss him against City, but these big signings have completely glossed over all the problems they've got on the pitch. And whether or not the manager is the biggest problem they've got, I think until they, they fix, and it seems ridiculous because of the money they've spent, but until they fix the, the, the glaring issues they've got, the surely pitch, that so they're, they're not going to go
0: anywhere. Surely that's him. that's it's his team now. It's not a rebuild job anymore. That's his team.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. You're right, but you know, I think he obviously wanted Sancho The club wanted Sancho You also don't know how much of a say he's got in in signing its players either. Um, he might have gone in and said, you know, I I need two central midfielders. He might not have done. I don't know, but you'd like to think he would yeah. like, ask for at least one. They they've got nothing in the middle of the pitch. It's it's
0: awful. But it's just tricky though as well because he has went and asked for players and got those players and then not played those players, <laughs> which is yeah, which is, is the thing. And then you look at the you look at other managers in the league, and you think to yourself, you can, I can see why Brendan Rodgers is getting his favourite for that job now. And I know yeah. the United thing, he can he can work with players. He's a very good coach and he has a team, and he did it at yeah. Celtic. And as much as pains me to see it. He won three trebles in a row, like as much as Neil Lennon takes the credit, he he won the he won like like which is mental, and he coached players into becoming very very good players, and that was a team. He never made a lot of signings his first season, and that was a team that we beat as a first division team, in a cup semi final, and he came in and made them into an unbeaten team, unbeaten season in all competitions. Europe. Um and so I can see why they're looking at him because he's a he's a, a manager who can come in and coach and has a system and will sort the back line and will make players better. Would he
1: go there? I like, I've thought about this a couple of times because I've seen how, how heavily linked he's been. The ego.
0: He's got massive ego.
1: That's that's it, isn't it? It's the ego.
0: Um
1: and what is he going yeah, to do with Leicester? I don't
0: know. Like what is he gonna do with Leicester? He's won he won them the FA Cup. Like Yeah. He's not winning them the league. That's one and done. Like that's no happening again. So really what, what else is there to do?
1: Yeah. So if, if Man
0: United come calling and he can he can be credited with turning them around and he'll want he'll want another shot at someone like that, having been so close with Liverpool. Yeah, you forget how
1: close he was with Liverpool. If it wasn't for Gerard's balance, yeah. uh, he he would have won himself in sure Premier the Premier League.
0: Um the league, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like enough time about fucking boring, boring Man United. But we'll <laughs> not anything but boring to be we'll fair. See, we'll Every see. Every
1: Man that. United game is very entertaining. We'll see where it ends up.
0: I think let's let's touch on the team that we've barely touched on all season because we couldn't be bothered, which is the form team in the league, West Ham. Um, beat Liverpool yesterday quite quite dominant performance it seems by all accounts um, I know Liverpool will argue with VAR and stuff like that but four on the bounce four wins hearing from West Ham fans they're fucking delighted with the football well, of they course are they it. are
1: like, yeah they've they, they knew the West Ham fans knew that getting rid of David Moyes the first time round was a mistake a lot of them were vocal about it at the time um, and and most of the sort of sensible west ham fans were quite happy about bringing him back as well i think i read today when when he came back to the club they were sat in and i'm going to get this slightly wrong but i think they were sat in maybe 18th or something like that hadn't won in god knows how many games and he's come in and uh completely turned them around not just not just kept them up not just got them competing but they you know they deserve to be where they are
0: yeah no my have had in it we kind of touched on it before the um the players that they've brought in who have just been like sensible mid-tier quality but very very aware of the league he's not bought any yeah. experience i think we mentioned that when we were talking about who norwich brought in before and just the contrast in the standard of player where the players the norwich players are championship the west ham yeah. players are all like experienced they know the league they know the system. It's exactly. very much it's it's very much a, like an upgrade of Everton when he was manager there.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair way of putting it. And David Moyes' reputation took so much of a hit because of his time at Man United, and it kind of it kind of um, like unsteadied his ability as a manager at other clubs he went to because the, because of what happened at Man United, it put him under so much pressure when he took other jobs and. It's it's funny now, you sort of look back and you think, why was everyone having such a pop at this guy at Man United, at Sunderland, at Sociedad? He's a really, really good coach. Really, really good. I mean, look what he did at Everton. He was there for so many years as well. Uh, and then what he's done at West Ham now, and you look at his Man United record, he's no worse than anyone else that's been Man United manager post-Ferguson.
0: Yeah, no matter who's coming coming into that job, though, at that stage. Yeah, yeah like... Ferguson was working miracles, pulling that off. Yeah, yeah, of course
1: there was, and whoever was the first one in after Ferguson was always destined to fail, unfortunately. And Moyes got offered the job; he was handpicked by Ferguson. He's never going to say no to it. No, no, but
0: yeah, and also it doesn't help when one of the players allegedly ends up with one of your daughters.
1: So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, allegedly we have to say allegedly, allegedly. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not 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 helpful. Not a helpful uh, Did you see uh, when Patrick
0: Evra said that on Sky? Oh, that I'd was get? fantastic, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's uh, always brings some entertainment to the studio. Does, does Evra? that was that was particularly
0: good. <laughs> Going across London, Spurs. They got Conte in, which will it, uh, In in hindsight, at the end of the season, will we be looking back saying? Man United beating Spurs was the worst thing that could happen to Man United.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I read that somewhere the other day as well, actually. I, I, Conte at Man United would have been a huge mistake, huge mistake, because um, Conte is the modern-day version of Mourinho. is done, he's dated, he's, like, he's proving at Roma, like, he's he's past his best now. He did, did incredibly well for 15 years, but He's done. Conte is like the modern day version of Mourinho. Uh, similar attitude with the players, similar attitude with the press to an extent. Um, doesn't take any shit. Isn't afraid to kick out some some big name players. Will definitely ruffle some feathers within 18 months of being there. But he's he's a modern day manager and he's like he knows how to win games, he knows how to win leagues. That's why Tottenham have brought him in. At Man United, though, like it was such a clash of cultures with Mourinho. It would have been just as bad with Conte. I think th- th- he never would have been a serious contender for that job. I don't think. Uh, but at Spurs, maybe you know, may- maybe it's maybe a big good thing because I don't think Mourinho was doing that bad at Spurs when they gave him the boot. There were other reasons they gave him the boot. I think something to do with his contract. Yeah, if he did
0: another game, I'll yeah. if he'd
1: won that game, exactly, he would get a massive. He was due a massive payout. Yeah, exactly. So you know. The- Mourinho wasn't wasn't doing too bad there, and uh, although his style of football was terrible, I think probably the, the the sort of the the discipline and the man management that he brings in is, is kind of what they've looked for in Conte as well. Because when I've watched Spurs this season, I've like absolutely no idea. I don't even know how their players are. They're just so like they all kind of roll into one for me. There's a real like nothingness about that squad. Yeah, um, but like you said earlier, there are some gems in there which, if you have a good manager in place, that can can really work. With. And he did
0: it, winter. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, he, yeah brought, exactly. he brought in big names. It wasn't like he brought in like nobodies, but at the same time, he brought them in and kind of re- revitalized them, put them through the yeah. the SPFL special that the Prem does with unknown players. Like send <laughs> send them send them up to Scotland, make them go through misery, and then they come back world beaters. Um, yeah but, like, Lukaku, for example, yeah. got him into the form of his life Um, knows how to man-manage, knows how to motivate. Fair enough. I think it'll be interesting to see how he does it. And I, I hope that whatever's going on with Kane gets addressed. I don't think Conte will hide behind whatever's going on. I think if there's an issue there, he'll come out and say there's an issue. Yeah. Um, And I think Kane kind of needs it a wee bit. Yeah, he probably does. He got a bit too big for his boots, and that's why he's acting the way he's acting. Um, and then also, I hope he manages his son well because he's not getting any younger. He's playing an awful lot of football. He gives it his all. But if he, keep, if he keeps going this way, he'll be burnt out by January. He'll get injured, and that'll be a season done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're so dependent on him now, though, like arguably more so than they are on Kane. Um, uh, they're lucky that Lucas Moore has found some cracking form over the last like twelve months, um, just to take a little bit of the the pressure off. But yeah, it would be interesting to see how Conte runs Tottenham. Like, obviously, he's not had that much time uh, sort of before his first Premier League game. He had the, you know, the match in the, whatever it is, the Inter Toto Cup, um, midweek, um, yeah. which sort of means nothing. Although he put a very strong team out as pointless game to try and learn anything. But that, that Everton game, actually for a neutral, like I watched it and it like it's one of the best nil nils I've seen in ages. It was such a good game of football. Like real like old fashioned Premier League, like battling hard, end-to-end, like it had a bit of everything apart from a goal. Um and it just there were bit there were bits of the way Tottenham played just screamed of Conte. More from the defensive perspective than attacking. They they really weren't very good going forward and, and until the until the fullbacks got forward and got involved. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Tottenham do. I it's a, I'm surprised Conte's gone to Spurs. And being to be totally honest, and no no disrespect to Spurs or Spurs fans, but I I would have thought Conte would have held out for a bigger job and a bigger club. Yeah, um, which is why he was getting like touted with Man United. But yeah, I I think it could turn out to be a shrewd move. It might not be a bad. Bad move for Conte, or for Spurs, obviously. Yeah, well,
0: they've got that. They've got the Italian sporting director, haven't they? Yeah. And I wonder if maybe behind the scenes, since they first made the move in the summer, they've worked at it a bit like Man City did when they brought in all those Barcelona guys to then get Guardiola. I wonder if there's maybe more of a structure they're on the right, but committing to this though. He's only on a two-year contract, isn't he? Like eighteen months.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is like. I think we've talked about this before. This is this is Spurs' sort of last throw of the dice within the, the current structure they've got because if this doesn't work out, they need a total reset. Yeah. Like the, you know, there's a there's a lot of players in that squad that I think if Conte becomes a success, he will he will phase out over the he will phase these players out over the next 18 months. But I think if if things come to an end quicker than that, there will be a summer where Spurs just up that team and have to really build up
0: that's a, that's on levy isn't it because yeah that's why he put a that's why he struggled because the team wasn't getting refreshed it wasn't getting fresh blood and so you yeah. was milking the players the key players for as much as possible and they just burnt out in the end there was nothing left to give and all he had was the young guys on the bench who obviously don't cut it at that level um yeah that's exactly right but speaking of gutting and coming back, Arsenal, just yeah, kind of trundling uh, on, don't they? Um, they're sixth place now. Yeah, they, uh, I'm still not convinced. I don't <laughs> care. They could win the fucking league, and I'd be like, no. I was
1: just gonna say that. <laughs> I
0: still, I, I'm still not convinced. Let me put, I'm going to pull up the table. Let me up
1: no, the but table. I kind of, I kind of agree with you. They're, they're actually sat in fifth place at the moment. Um, I think they they lost their first three games, didn't they? And then they're unbeaten since.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, they've they've what he's done well. What uh, I said this to a few mates of mine at Saints fans over the uh, over the weekend because there's a similarity in 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 kind of what's happened with Saints and Arsenal in that they've just been like neither team can really score goals, and sort of both both managers have have obviously decided, right, we don't score many goals. So we've got, A, we've got to start taking some chances. But B, we've really got to make sure we don't concede goals. And what Arteta has done quite well is 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 shut them up at the back. He's got a lot of consistency in our yeah. defence. Ramsdale, like I hold my hands up. I didn't rate Ramsdale at all at his previous two clubs, Bournemouth and Sheffield United. But he's come in and he's massively changed things for them. And he's created a really strong leadership at the back. Um, ben White settled in, got a bit of consistency. The whole, like the whole back four, just feels pretty secure now. And it's exactly what has happened at Southampton. What Hassan Hutt was done in in seeing that, like we're not going to score many goals, we've got to make sure we don't concede. Um, so, like I think, like fair play to Arteta for that. Like that was that was that was that was, that was, that was smart, and it was it was a good move. But now they have got to build on it. Now they've got to start scoring some goals because they've got like a really threatening attacking line on paper. But they just don't click. There's
0: something no. missing there. And I keep seeing Odegaard trending. And when, <laughs> yeah. when he when he keeps trending, that kinda of says to me that the fans are fucking spitting the dummy. Arsenal yeah. TV style. Well um, he he
1: started on the bench on the weekend. he didn't he didn't even make the start in eleven. And I mean, you know, that was their flagship signing of the summer.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if if he they don't have that creativity, do they? Really? But then you look at the front line as well, and they're know the ones making the like scoring the goals. It's what's his face, um,
1: Emil Smith right.
0: Yeah, he he scored. What is it, three and
1: three? He scored. Yeah, three and three now, which gets you an England call up now as well. Yeah,
0: easy. Um, yeah, but oh, yeah, I just I just struggle to get excited. Like by Arsenal I'm just like oh yeah and then they'll play a good team and get pumped but then it's like trust the process and you're like yeah but yeah, yeah.
1: It's,
0: yeah. but if you're they're happy being top 10
1: yeah I mean they've got to be very happy right now they're, they're sat 3 points ahead of Man United which at the beginning of the season who ever would have no. seen that coming? No. I I think there's more surprise with Arsenal currently being sat 5th than West Ham being
0: sat 3rd yeah I would agree degree but i think again it comes down to just who you're playing and when you play them and i think we're still we're coming out yeah. in november we're coming up to the, the the key time this kind of turning point because this was all Man united were famous for it weren't they under fergie they'd have a slow start to the season they kind of start to pick up the pace and then christmas would come and the juggernaut yeah. would start and that would just be it they would just churn out the goals and the wins right through and then take the title and so we've still got a lot of football to see, but yeah, yeah, still not convinced. But I still stand by my predictions that he's overrated as fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I I still think he could become a good manager though in in the future. It just I like we've said it before. Like, it's such a gamble putting a guy like that into that job uh, with no managerial experience. It's you know they they looked at Barcelona and saw what happened with. Guardiola, just like so many other clubs have done by bringing in these young managers. Um, and it usually usually ends in tears. But, you know, Arteta's managed 100 games for Arsenal now. I didn't think he'd get that far. Um, who knows? See what happens this season. I, you know, they're, they're in good form. Um, yeah, they've not had to play any sort of top teams recently other than Tottenham, but Tottenham were in dire straits when they played them anyway. Um, so yeah we'll see, see what happens it'd be interesting to sort of follow their progress I think
0: speaking of managers Barcelona well Charlie, Charlie was announced wasn't he he?
1: yeah it and it's another one where I'm, I'm looking at it and thinking is that a smart move like on both parties they obviously you know it's obvious to see why he's gone back there he is Mr. Barcelona um, but He's just spent, what, three years managing in... No... Qatar. Qatar, that's right. Um, and, yeah, won a title out there. I'll be honest, I don't know much about the Qatari top division. So,
0: apparently, he's been... He's used this those three years. He's been basically working in a framework yeah. that he set out to take the Barcelona job. He's been prepping for this job, which is fine, like, preparation getting head is definitely actually doing.
1: Yeah, I um, can well believe that. And there's been similarities drawn with the fact that, you know, Guardiola took over from, uh, was it Frank Rijkaard, I think, um, at kind of a really clinical point of the season when uh, arguably they could have uh, sort of aimed to keep some stability, but they they decided, no, now's the change. Young manager in, a lot of young players coming through. And it's kind of a similar thing with Xavi taking over from, from Koeman all the young players coming through difference was Guardiola worked with those young players because he'd been the b-team manager yeah. Sha- Xavi hasn't worked with him I'm sure he's very familiar with them because he was at the club for so long but
0: I, I don't know it just he also doesn't some- have A2 or Ibrahimovic and stuff kicking about
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they Barcelona are a club in freefall they look awful they surrendered the three-goal league to to yeah, Vigo that. the other day they and, and that's like that's not even the worst result of their season. They, I they wonder really looked dreadful.
0: I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I think the fans will accept. Obviously, they will know we're in the league, but I think they'll accept it if they see the kind of again. It's one of these clubs; it's all about the heritage, isn't it? If they see those young players playing every week, and it's not jobbers and not positions yeah, and it's not just. Signings for the sake of signings, and I don't think Javi will go and sign sign players for the sake of signing. I think he will go. You know what? I'm going to. This is a Barca way. I know what they can. He's like I know how we should play, because they're all they're all devotees of Cruyff, aren't they? It all stems from there. Yeah, yeah. And they've all been through that, and they all have that kind of. This is the way we play. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that's one for me. It's kind of like. I could be completely wrong as we normally are on here but i think that's what you check back in on in six months and see what's happened i don't yeah. think it's one that conti you'll be checking the results week in week out from now going right what's he done because he'll make he, he'll make an instant impact he's got players at his disposal what can he do i think xavi at barca it's like he's got a big big job on his hands there he's not got the talent that you would expect so he's like it'll be interesting to see how he sets up his team, what will he do, will he go back that way, and whatever. And um, and I think the other one that's got a big big job in the hands was announced today is Eddie Howe. So Eddie, Eddie Howe, Eddie, Eddie Howe, na 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 na. I heard that song all summer, mate, and weirdly he never came. Instead, they went for fucking Luke Carpenter, didn't they?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And for anybody listening celtic actually released a statement when eddie howe knocked them back it was the weirdest thing
1: weird Uh, yeah i can't think of any club ever doing that before
0: oh yeah circumstances beyond our control and his control yeah he said no because apparently (laughs) like they were a shambles but so eddie eddie howe um he's no longer the messiah in in the green half of glasgow because He's got his own song as well. Have you heard his song?
1: Yeah, the, the less we hear of that, the better. It, actually.
0: It's, it, it lives in my head. I got my eyes on you. <laughs> and post club, blue. <laughs> <laughs> I want your heart. Boo. I'm like, somebody made that video. It was amazing. Um, but anyhow, Newcastle, big, big, big fuck off job. I think right, man. I think they've, I think they've actually got
1: oh, I think it's a great move by Newcastle to get him. And there's been a lot said about, oh, he wasn't their first choice, or their second choice, or their third choice. How do we know? I, You know, believe what you read in the press, fine. But Eddie Howe might have been their first choice. I think Eddie Howe would have taken a lot of convincing to take this job, which is why it's taken this long to get him in there. Yeah. He's, and he's he's actually come out and said, he's actually come out and talked about this point this week. Uh, and I thought about it as soon as I saw his name mentioned. Was, he is famously uh, homesick during that period he had it at Burnley, which is the big rumour as to why it didn't work out. He's from the South Coast. He's lived and played his whole career on the South Coast. He's had all his success as a manager on the South Coast. And to move up north to a place like Burnley and now to a place like Newcastle, it's a very, very different way of life. It's like we were saying about, you know, Newcastle are cock it off if they go and sign a load of Brazilians in January. It's the, it's the same thing. Um, on a slightly different it- scale.
0: They're not going to go out and sign a bunch of Brazilians now, are they?
1: No, they're definitely not. Um, it, is, but, it is a shame.
0: Like Saudi the money, they can just fucking. He'll get a private jet up and down, probably as part of his contract terms.
1: Yeah. 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 He's probably right. I, um,
0: I think he'll it bring. Off the he'll back bring, of top twenty six. He'll bring some structure. He will definitely coach them. He's a very good coach, isn't he? He's been linked. He's been linked to like obviously the Celtic one was a biggie for a long time, and he knocked him. Back apparently because Celtic wouldn't agree with his coaching staff joining, which we saw with um Luke Carpenter wasn't allowed Harold Bishop and co, so he's actually working with last season's coaching staff as well. Very odd, this is a
1: weird decision.
0: And I saw that that was the reason for the delay in him being announced. Um, yeah, but I don't know, I've not seen if if his full backroom staff are coming or not, but they've been. They've been linked with, is it, uh, he was at Chelsea, um, Michael and Michel, the, the basically like the, the guy that was a scout who found all the players and stuff.
1: Okay, I'm not sure who you mean.
0: I'm going to try and bring it up. I'm having an absolute nightmare with the mouse today. It's just <laughs> can't, no working. His name is let me try what? and see michelle i don't know if i pick them it up. come on michael eminalo ex-chelsea technical director oh yeah yeah so he's apparently the leading candidate to be their director of football which uh, looking on twitter himself, everybody's like a lot of chelsea fans are like he'd be a great shout for like they they're really impressed with
1: them And it's the model that Newcastle need with the aspirations of where they want to go. Um they and, and with the, the, the state of the squad they've got they need a manager that can just focus on being a coach. They don't want someone that's gonna have their head in transfers and a scouting and all of this. Like obviously they're gonna run the decisions by Eddie Howe, but they need Eddie Howe to, to coach that team because they look awful. Like they look absolutely awful, and I was kind of curious as to who they would bring in as manager and whether anyone would actually be able to keep them up. Because, like we said before, money will only attract a certain type of player in January to a team in the position that Newcastle are in. Whereas with Eddie Howe, I think that they have a genuine chance of staying up, even with a, you know, even with a really poor squad. See, he did it with Bournemouth in the first season. And it wasn't like Bournemouth were playing a start of football. No one had seen like Brentford or Leeds or anything like this. Eddie Howell just coached the team really, really well. And I think that's what he's going to go in and do at Newcastle. Um, he'll 100% get the best out of Callum Wilson, um, having had him at Bournemouth. It'll be very interesting to see what kind of conversation he has with Ryan Frazier when he first gets there. I was say, um, yeah. After the way he left Bournemouth, uh, Ryan Frazier might be finding himself a new, a new football club in January. Um yeah, I, I think pff, out of all the managers that were available, whether they were at a club or not, I think Eddie Howe is the smartest signing they could have made.
0: And I wonder if Villa, he could have been good. At- uh,
1: honestly, um, and, uh, even even further than that, like, I'm, talking as a Saints fan, like, I'm very happy with Ralph Hassan Hill, but every rumour for the last year and a half has been like, when, if and when Ralph goes Howell's waiting there to take the job that's why yeah. Eddie Howe apparently hadn't taken a job um,
0: well we spoke about that if, if it was Potter that ended up going to Newcastle yeah. it would have been the perfect fit as well because South Coast yeah. teams but yeah I think Villar will be like fuck we've missed, we've missed a trick there because I think yeah. definitely could work with that team Newcastle will be interesting because the quality is just not there but he oh. never really had the
1: quality of Bournemouth and no disrespect to those Bournemouth players because they did have some good players and he actually he actually did bring in some quite good players but what will be really interesting assuming he keeps them up is what Eddie Howe does at a club with money because he's never had that before.
0: Well, he got a bit of money, didn't he? And he became of fucking
1: Solanke. <laughs> yeah, who's <laughs> doing really well for them in the Championship. But doing well. But that's yeah, because the Championship. Level.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um just, I've just pulled out an article there to just check on if he's got his staff. So I think he is bringing his staff, it seems. Um, yeah. but
1: He'll be happy with that because they've been with him like right the way up.
0: They mentioned about like, there could be 200 million to spend in the transfer window in January. However, he needs to reach the new year in a position to attract players of the calibre of Kieran Trippier. Why would Kieran Trippier go to Newcastle? Well, it seems that I read an article another week. So obviously, he won the league last year. Yeah, with Athletic on that, and he seemed, but he's kind of he's not so much flavor of the month anymore. He played a lot of football last season, but not so much. Yeah, he did. Season. Um, and he was kind of hinting about coming back to England. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But he's got, he's got games against Brentford, Norwich, and Burnley at home. So. He needs to. They've got to be taking maximum points off all. If they want to stay up, they've got.
1: The, it. This is the thing. There's 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 no time for him to settle into the job because they're already what five points adrift. I think of safety, which is nothing at this time of the season. But if they went and lost to those teams, that, that those five points become ten points and and maybe more. And they, you know, the best managers with you know, with that squad aren't aren't gonna aren't gonna be able to catch up that many points in the second half of the season. No. It's yeah, it's a a real interesting one. Like this is this has been such a fascinating season already and we're only eleven games in. There's so much has happened and like I said earlier, so many teams like the capability to beat any other team in the league. And it just I feel like every week there's just so many more surprises than I can remember in a Premier League season before. Like I hope it doesn't turn into one of those where Chelsea go and win it by ten points and you know Norwich are down by February. But it, honestly, I, I still think good. anything could happen. Chelsea
0: still look very like so yeah they do. I, and I always say I feel like I'm, I preach this every week. They're so well coached. I'm a big fan of watching teams who are really well coached, and you not know so much the tactics of like oh he's doing this and oh he's dropped this player and they're more just like. When a team's really well coached, it's more fluid. They might not be playing fluid, silky football, but there's just a yep. fluidity to, to the game. And I think you see it with Chelsea. You saw it hundred percent with Man City against Man United, where that was literally like when you see a cat get a mouse and just slowly, play well, <laughs> knowing that at any point it could just wrap its head off.
1: And yeah,
0: I think it was was it soonest after the match. Or Kane said there was the interview with Phil Foden. And he was chatting like he had just a broken sweat. Yeah. Just chatting as if he just get not like absolute doddle.
1: He says that it was he, a doddle though. It was. There was he, and I'm not surprised nobody broke a sweat. They Man United didn't make them work for anything. Because all Man United did when they got the ball was give it away. But they couldn't
0: but that was but the Man City, I think, made it look so easy to, to do what they did with the ball. And yep. it's not easy. No mark like we're talking about, like, Premier League footballers, that's a level that we could have hit five years ago, but obviously we'll never get to that level anymore. Yeah, we'll never know. um, But, without going down to my route that again, but they, I think, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City have that in their locker, more so than any other team. Like, they're very well coached, and I think there's confidence, yes confidence plays a part but I don't think a a drop in confidence, a bad result sends them in a tailspin whereas I think Arsenal, bad result could send them in a tailspin, West Ham a really bad result could send them in a tailspin maybe to an extent, I think they're really well coached as well but just slightly different, they're more resilient Um, whereas you then start to get to some teams and you think oh, playing Villa, we saw it with Villa one result, two results the confidence fucking drops and you're like, how are you yeah. ever gonna get out of this hole? Um and I just think that's to your point this season, it's a really good season because you've got these you get three title contenders, really, haven't you? Yeah. Which when was the last time that happened? Like it's all it's normally two if you're lucky. Two or one usually, yeah. Yeah. And then at the bottom of the table, eight teams could go then. One or yeah, two but like eight teams can go down, and then the rest are all, everyone can beat anyone except Norwich. It seems Um okay we beat Brentford, <laughs> but um, I just think it's, it's a really interesting one. And as we're just reaching like really good football, here it comes! Fucking everybody's favorite time. It's the fucking international break. Yeah. Yay. <laughs>
1: uh, I there's been more of them this season obviously than than what we're used to and that's because of both the Nations League and uh you know, international football still playing catch up from COVID. But it just feels like it's every week at the moment. Uh and it's I mean it is every month. I think it's well, every we've four get, weeks we've done I think break. this
0: is episode nine and I think at least three of these episodes have the exact yeah. same conversation <laughs> we just go, we fucking hate international <laughs> football. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, we are a broken record in that respect. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just they've been way too much of it, I think, as well, because the because you obviously lose the one weekend of domestic football. But it no, normally you used to there being you know a couple of games on. I think it used to be like a, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday, and then like a Saturday, Sunday, Monday or something. Now it's like every day in that gap from probably from the yeah. Tuesday right on to like the Wednesday or the Thursday even South America. It's just nothing but international football.
0: Clive, Clive Tilsley mentioned that in the, the Rangers commentary yesterday where he was kind yeah. of talking about how it's it's actually not too bad because X players are away and they play on this day and then this player plays on that day. So actually they'll be back on this day. And, and you're kind of like, to your point, it used to just be, you go away in international duty, game on the Saturday, game on the Wednesday, team comes by, he plays Saturday or Sunday. Whereas yeah. now it's like, okay, I'm going, my, I'm going to watch Glenn Camara for Finland on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, Hadji's <laughs> yes. playing for Romania. Right. And then of Thursday. Like, and even then, like, I don't, I'm happy if they're playing and I'll look for the result, but I'm not watching the football. Like, in my head, football has now stopped until, like, the 20th of November.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It- Despite the fact that there's so many matches on it. There's I think so many that's matches. part of the problem as well. It's just it's too much.
0: It's saturation. And I know that the I love that Arsene Benger and FIFA's solution is we need more yeah. going to the World Cup every two years because people want to see superstar players all the time. No, we don't. We really don't.
1: No, maybe kids want to, but like
0: everyone else certainly does not. Fucking FIFA generation. but how, how they, It's not even going to get called FIFA anymore. That was the big fucking news. We've not even touched on that. FIFA turned around and asked EA for a billion billion dollar deal for the naming rights. Yeah,
1: it's unbelievable. Fuck off.
0: Nobody <laughs> said nobody. Like, yes, it's called FIFA, but fucking people forget. Remember when it was a Coca Cola Cup? It was yeah, the Bar- yeah. Barclays Premiership. Fucking yeah. like we move on, we forget. It used to be the Rumbles Cup, the Littlewoods FA Cup.
1: I remember the Little yeah. Littlewoods well, FA Cup and the the Carling the Carling Premiership
0: I like yeah it'll be a blow not to call it FIFA but the world changes and yes they want to pander to all oh, the young people they were competing with the Fortnites and that yes you are but by shoving more of it in their throat it doesn't make them engage more
1: no uh, absolutely one, one thing I will say on international football though is that I do have like a, a sort of a slightly renewed interest in it now, like following the Norwegian national team because I think we said in the last international break it's you know, with England it's boring because you expect to win the games and then oh you going to draw one and the press go to town and it's just the whole thing's really dull and in Scotland obviously you've, you've mentioned a number of times the sort of <laughs> the, the sort of apathy you've got towards that, um, but yeah, with Norway for me it's like a like I said, it's sort of a renewed sense of interest because they've got a really decent team on paper. Uh, annoyingly, most of their star players are still injured, but they've a seriously good chance of, uh, of, of, of qualifying for, for the World Cup or at least getting the, the playoff spot. There's two games left now. They've got Latvia on Saturday night um, at home. Which I'm gonna go out and find a, a pub to watch in because I think it's gonna be a cracking atmosphere. Like everyone's already talking about it. It's gonna be a really big game. Can you not get? And a ticket?
0: then is it, is it oh, I already Oslo? looked,
1: mate. No, there's nice yeah, chance. it's in it's in Oslo. But there's no chance of getting a ticket. I, I looked up way too late, but uh, yeah, that that would have been great. I know uh, quite a few people that went to the uh, the, the the previous uh, the previous home game where they beat Montenegro uh, with two go two goals from Ilanusi. And I watched that on TV, and it was it was wild. It was such a great atmosphere. Um, yeah, I'd love to go to one of those games. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe in the next campaign. But yeah, the, in the final game of this campaign, they are away to the Netherlands, who have kind of you know stormed their way through the group and have they've banged in the nearly thirty goals, I think, out of their eight games. But it's still tight between them and Norway. Assuming they both win their games on Saturday, they'll be. Uh, never meant to be two points ahead. Um, so a, a draw for Holland would see them through top of the group, but if Norway went and nicked a win in in, in Holland, all of a sudden they top the group and, and directly through to the World Cup finals. So it's yeah, kind of for Norway it's a See a you, make it so exciting, you make it sound yeah, so exciting,
0: mate. You make it yeah, because it can be.
1: That's the thing, I never realized <laughs> it can be excited you just need a you need a vested interest in a you need you need a, a country, a country, that's country humble. of nearly men.
0: Yeah, yeah, you need a country that's humble country that can enjoy it for what it is um, no egos no idiots dressed up in kilts coming down <laughs> um, no Amy McDonald no fucking Proclaimers bullshit just yeah, good old fashioned Norwegian Vikings I don't yeah.
1: know. Or, or any other Scandinavian team I mean look at Denmark they've been the stars of, oh, of, of, of really? qualifiers they've been outstanding look at Sweden they went and. Uh, beat Spain and killed that record that Spain have had since when was it? We discussed this before. Ridiculous yeah, record they had seventy
0: odd games, wasn't it? it
1: was yeah, like, like Sweden at top of their group, a group that's got both Spain and Greece in it. Um, yeah, Denmark have already qualified out of their group. Norway might qualify out of theirs. Um, Finland looking looking less likely, but still could nick a playoff spot ahead of ahead of Ukraine. Like it's all all going on with the Scandinavian clubs. It's a, it's a hell of a lot more interesting than watching England punt the ball up to Harry Kane and, you know, hope that we pump five goals past San Marino.
0: Latest update coming through Norwich. They have a short list of three names they want to speak to. Dean Smith, Frank Lampard and Big Ralph.
1: Yeah, the, the Ralph link just baffles me. Ralph's like, not going to Norwich, is he? Like, no. If he does, I have some serious questions to ask of both the Southampton board and Ralph himself. Uh, and I won't get a chance to ask any of those questions because it's not going to happen.
0: Lampard, Lampard has had talks with him today as well, apparently.
1: Of course he has. He's chomping at the bit to get back into the Premier League. Um, I'd be glad for his sake he didn't go for the Newcastle job because that would have been a car crash. But Norwich... look. He'll probably go down with them, but he'll be given a chance to 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 rebuild them in the championship. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's uh, it's just a shame that would be his level. Yeah, uh, it
1: probably it probably will be. It's I mean the pre- Premier League's so competitive get into as a player, let alone as a manager. Um, it gone gone are the days when you know Phil Brown can manage in the Premier League, or uh, you know trying to think of another equivalent, or you know like an Alan Kurversley or someone. It's like, it's it's ultra-high-level elite management from yeah. the top to the bottom.
0: Well, I think we've covered we covered everything from the last two weeks.
1: I think we've probably covered about 10% of it, to be honest, because so much has happened in these two weeks, uh, especially in the last like, four or five days with the managerial merry-go-round the arse the falling out of Man United against Man City. Oh, There's just been so much. It's been such a good couple of weeks of football. I
0: haven't even touched your, Andy's European corner. But no, it,
1: we haven't. But, you know, we've done a Scandinavian corner anyway. Yeah. Europe, yeah. Europe, Europe's, Europe's getting boring again. Real Madrid are top of the league. Uh, AC Milan are still going strong in uh, in Italy. Bayern Munich, uh, I think, five points clear now. No one's going to close that gap. Yeah. Yeah with the rest of Europe. Premier League's where it's at. So much P- more interesting.
0: Nah mate, SPFL. SPFL. Oh,
1: sorry, yeah, I can't I can't write that off because hearts, hearts are looking strong this season. Hearts are looking know.
0: good. We've got to go we've got to go there, play them. We've got, we've got big we've got a make or break Christmas time. Like away games. We've got a horrendous schedule. If we come through that top, the league's the league's done. Like right, i telling you reckon? Yeah. Yeah I do. When's it's the next Old Firm game? Jan 2nd, I think. Oh, not for a little while then. Um, yeah, it was just last season. Celtic got their games whenever they wanted, to be fair. <laughs> um, we play over a period from you know, from December, we've got Hearts Away, um, then we've got St. Johnston at home, then it's Dundee United at home, but we want to get a bit of revenge because they're the only yep. team that's beat us this season in the league. Um, then it's Aberdeen away not Aberdeen yeah Aberdeen away then it's Celtic away um
1: Ooh, that's nice
0: and then it's Livingston at home but it's like a, the winter breaks back so we've got like a 23 20 day shutdown We're absolutely we should not be going to Dubai absolutely don't fucking go to Dubai it's the only time <laughs> we go to Dubai we're top of the league and the arse falls out here. so we're not going to fucking Dubai um and hopefully Gerard's still a manager and hasn't taken up the reins of fucking Burnley or whoever else sacked a manager Decide <laughs> that. Like, fuck
1: it. Well, maybe maybe when Hassan Hüttle goes to Norwich, uh, maybe Southampton are going for
0: Gerard. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then... Who knows what to believe anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Opportunity to, to try and win some cups in the league and qualify for the Champions League or... Like... Coach Danny Ings yeah, I it's Danny a big decision, earlier, but it's yeah, it's like for like. Um, okay, mate, well, anything else you want to add? Any shout outs? Uh, has Twitter been popping off? <laughs> we're still trying. We're still. We're still trying to track down our international listeners. If you are an international listener, because we've got the stats to say we have some, please, please contact us. You can you can leave a message on Anchor. If you're using that, which I think through Spotify, you can do that as well. Now you can find us on the podcast at Away days Pod on Twitter. Sorry, not on the podcast. Um, you can tweet us on Away Days Pod. Let us know where are you listening. I think we should do a and next week as well, mate. Maybe because they're national break.
1: Yeah, I think that 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 could be fun. I think uh, yeah, let's let's put it out there. We'll put it out to all of our all of our Twitter followers, but maybe go a bit a bit wider than that
0: as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe just start like emailing company-wide emails. <laughs> yeah. Reply all, sent to all, whole company. Please take me off this tune. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm definitely doing that.
0: All right, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will definitely be back next week. We never we even addressed be. why we weren't here. That was my fault last week. House renovations, but we're back on track.
1: Yeah, we will be back, and we will have plenty to say about the uh, the big England and Scotland games.
0: I oh, know. I think we're all. I think the listenership's all excited for Norway now, mate. Yeah, they should yeah. be.
1: Yeah, that's about as excited as I can get, and I've saved it all for the Norwegian national team.
0: Well, we're we'll looking forward to it. Okay, guys, thanks a lot for listening, and speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Speak to them.